know what you're marketing. A lot of times marketers are setting up the campaigns and and launching all of these great things, but know what you're marketing, know how it works, know know what the product is, how it alleviates pain points for for your customers. That knowledge will get your foot in the door of many conversations peripheral to your role. Jobs in ad tech. If you're looking for a new role in the industry, there's only one place to go. Free job listing for all recruiters and talent acquisition managers until September. Go to jobsinadtech.com today. Jobs in ad tech. Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. We are a creative effectiveness ad tech platform, but today we're doing a podcast and I am on a call with Svetla Pavlova, who is performance marketing manager at Epsilon. So we're going to be talking to Svetla about her journal and her vision for the future of the industry and what is her shiny new object. So Svetla, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, could you give us a bit of background? Sure. Hi, Tom. Well, first, thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited to have this conversation. A little bit about me. Uh, I am in in the marketing department here at Epsilon, but I've been in marketing for over a dozen, uh, now more than a decade, I guess, uh, close to a dozen years. But um, I've been in various departments within the marketing um, area and uh, currently in an MBA program studying um, strategic innovation, which is going to lead us into our conversation on fostering creative thinking today. And can you tell me a few of the roles that you did before Epsilon to put you in this uh, demand gen position? Sure. I started off um, working in the finance industry at Northwestern Mutual and doing a lot of the branding work for our top advisors, and then moved into a startup, which was where I really got my feet wet in uh, having a lot of responsibility for the corporate goals um, in the business. And the in the business at that time is called 3Kit, and they did 3D and augmented reality. And... I worked closely with our product marketing director and was responsible for our email uh, strategy along with our social media strategy, field events. And I just had this huge umbrella. Um, it was a small marketing team, so but I had a huge umbrella of responsibilities under it. And from that experience, I was able to land a job at Epsilon, which is a very great company. Uh, They do um, uh, media advertising services and have a long history um, of of, of digital media services um, and other tools for uh, B2B companies. What advice would you give to someone who's trying to recreate your career or trying to break into the industry, then assuming that student's smart and driven and and doing all the the basics, what advice would you give them to to get going and succeed. Yeah, I would say if if you're interested in getting into your feet wet in, in the industry, you probably have some experience in in a part of, of the marketing um, section sector, I, I would call it. And when you know what that is, when you know what you know, you own it and, and you drive it. For example, if you know how to set up a social media campaign, okay, just own that. Enter, enter the industry knowing that you know something and really, truly own it. Be accountable for it. You might not know everything, but you'll learn along the way and you have something to anchor back on. So whatever it is that you have a little bit of experience in, 
I would really hold on to that and, and try to move it forward in your organization or your personal uh, business. And in terms of a kind of straight up marketing tip, is the marketing tip that you find yourself sharing most often? What is that one bit of advice that you think is a real silver bullet that stood you in good stead? I would say know what you're marketing. I know it sounds funny or like maybe like, oh yeah, duh. I okay. But I, I come across a lot of a lot of times marketers are do, setting up the campaigns and, and launching all of these great things, but know what you're marketing, know how it works, know know what the product is how it how it you know alleviates pain points for for your customers and that'll get you i think that that knowledge will get your foot in the door of many conversations peripheral to your role and so why do you think people make that mistake i think they're just focused on the day-to-day on the on the hands to keyboard on on launching on the setup on the launch on the implementation but if you take a step back and really look at the work that you're doing and if you have that Oh, this is how it works. This is why someone would actually want to buy it. You can make better decisions on how to set up those campaigns, how to launch the campaigns, um, how to analyze the results post the campaign. So we're now going to talk about your shiny new object, which is fostering creative thinking. So I'm curious to know why that's a shiny new object and and where this has come from and, and how marketers could essentially take advantage of fostering creative thinking in a new way. Yes, I'm so excited about this because um, I am in this fostering creative thinking class. It just ended at, at my MBA program. And when I initially went into the class, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting in in regards of like, what is what, why are we learning about creativity in a management program? And by the end of the class, I had such an appreciation of how creativity can really help build new ideas in a business setting. Um, And I do want to give out just a really quick shout out to my professors, because a lot of the things that I'm going to be talking about, they have, you know, been teaching us in the class. So it's uh, Professor Lowenstein and Goncalo and uh, Professor Maida and Jennifer Mueller specifically. But this class really changed my perspective and a lot of what a lot of this uh new knowledge is about changing your perspective um i it, it's i think a lot of people think of creativity as artists as people that naturally have this ability to be creative and um take ideas and and, and generate new ideas but it really is not that it really can be done by anybody there can be a process there is a framework and it's uh, it's a roadmap to the creative process that I think a lot of business or business in general thinks um, that you need a specific individual to do this, but it really can be a department, it can be a team, and again, it, it can be a process that can be managed. Right. I need to know what this process is because I interviewed a guy, I can't remember his name, it was literally four years ago on this podcast, and he said the same thing. I mean, he had a process for defining... Oh, uh, sorry, of improving your creative output by putting it all through Excel. I'll come, I'm going to dig it out so I can reference him. But tell me what this, what is this process that listeners of this podcast can use? Sure. So there, there's this uh, framework. It's called Pages, um, and the pages are uh, the P stands for place, 
the A stands for attributes, uh, G, geography uh, or environment, um, E is uh, the elements and then s is i think uh self-concept so there's five different criteria of the pages framework and you can change them and 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 you can change individual uh parts of it or you can change all of them um but i guess it also starts of like going back to the reason of why you want to go into the creative process um a big one for businesses is that you've hit an impasse um, so, for example, um, I, I have a few examples because I think storytelling is a is a, a big part of um, explaining how this works. So, Burt's Bees. Um, I I hope that you know uh, Tom what Burt's Bees is. It's a it's a pretty uh, household brand um, in the U.S. Um, they uh, sell yeah. chapstick. Yep, yeah, very familiar. Where we've worked, Automated Creative have worked with Burt's Bees in the past. So, yes, incredibly familiar. Oh, okay, great. So, so Bert's bees. So, Bert actually wanted. Well, he he started off his company selling candles. That was the biggest part of his business. Um, and he also had lip balm as an add-on to the candle. And what he saw was that the candles weren't selling as much as the lip balm. So, he had a lot of early years of frustration. He, it, you know, he, it was quoted, he hit kind of like a rock bottom. So essentially he hit an impasse. And so we talk a lot about this in, in fostering creating creative thinking is when you hit an impasse, um, you have to change the way that you're doing things if you're if you're willing to take those next steps. And so um, what he realized, what, what his insight was, and, and this word insight is very, uh, we're going to be, prob I'm probably going to mention it a few times here. And insight is when you change your current perspective based on some, some new knowledge. So his new knowledge was, okay, lip balm is actually beginning to generate greater sales than the candles. So with that insight, I'm going to be redirecting or reorganizing the business model to really focus on selling the lip balms. So he hit an impasse, he had an insight, and he changed his perspective. Um, and that's part of, that's, that's an example of the creative process in, in the works. This episode of the Shiny New Object Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Manfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest and most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. And so when you're getting pages to work, is can it work instantly or do you do different elements over time? Can you, can you give me the Burt's Bees example, but could you be one of your own examples where you've used it successfully? Uh, sure, sure. I'll give you an example of one of the assignments. One of our first, I haven't, so again, this, this class just ended. So I am excited to like take this learning and actually implement it in real life. But one of the assignments that I really struggled with in the beginning of this class is we were given a case study where uh, a woman had to, uh, was being, she was a nurse at a hospital and she was being uh, told that she needs to shut down the childcare unit because of financial reasons. And she had to, um, she wanted to go against the board and 
present them with a pitch on why they should not do this. And I was asked to provide 10 ideas of how to pitch this new direction to the board. And 10 ideas is a lot of ideas. I could probably do, you know, like three, three ideas off the bat. But then once you start like hitting your, hitting your limit, it's, it's hard to generate ideas. So that pages framework helps you reposition your thinking, maybe in a perspective of the board. Why, you know, I'm looking at it from the perspective of the nurse, which is uh, uh, the, what was it? The P, I guess, in this case, it could be a person or a place. Um, so we're going to be changing the P. Um, we might also change um, the environment in which we pitch the presentation. Maybe it's um, um, actually in the childcare unit while it's still open um, and not in a office setting. So they could, you know, feel the, the environment. Um, what else did we do? Um, we could also say that we can pitch it from the perspective of the mothers uh, or the or the family that's coming in um, and they're realizing that there's no longer a, ch a child care unit. So that's an example of how you can change the aspects of pages um, and like and, and also the self-concept. Like, why is this important for me? Why is it important for, for the nurse? Um, is there I mean, we could completely flip it, you know, um, on its head and say, hey, maybe. Maybe um, we'll do something where we close it down for three months, see how it works. And then um, if it's not, you know, if we still need the, the child care unit, we'll open it back up. And so it's all these, it's just changing parts of your thinking, parts of your perspective to formulate new ideas that might not come as naturally or right off the bat as, as in the beginning. So it's designed as a tool for people who don't see themselves as creative that can use a process to just like force them through a creative process without them yes. perceiving themselves as a mustache twirling creative person. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so what are the limitations of this process or is it just so new to you that you're, it's, no, it's so new and shiny to you that you haven't tried it in the real world yet? Um, I think some limitations, um, you know, it could be a lack of confidence, um, uh, a lot of limitations when you're, when you're pitching something like this, or maybe you've gone through the creative process and you have all of these ideas and maybe you land on one that you really, um, find sticky. Um, it's, there's a limitation on how it's going to be perceived to the other person. Um, and that I think is what businesses really are challenged with is to be open to a creative idea that doesn't necessarily have the results on hand um, that maybe previous historical processes have and and they're known and uh, they're established and you know they're it's comfortable to go with something that you know with whereas a creative pitch once you have it might not be seen as something that's um, something that's going to be successful and it might not be. And that's, and that's, I guess, like, I, I guess that's more on the, on the second part of, of the creativity is when you're actually pitching it. Uh, but I think what you're asking is more on the limits of the framework, which I mean, it's, 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 it's a process and uh, 
it takes time. It's not some, and, and you, and you, and, and even if that idea, like you, okay, you generate an insight, you put together your idea, that idea is not, maybe not going to work. It's maybe going to take 15 different ideas, 15 different insights. Um, it's, it's not a, so that, that's the limit of it. it, it it's, um, it's part of like that tenuous, the, the tenuous aspects of, of formulating these creative, creative ideas that haven't been analyzed or haven't been, um, they don't have historical performance to go back to. And one thing you said that really struck me and reminds me of my own experience is you know, being comfortable and confident. And I used to write songs a, a long time ago. And I I found that was the, the, the key combination that if you were uncomfortable and you weren't confident, then you, you couldn't allow yourself to be creative. And I think what this, the, the kind of structure, pages structure really does, it kind of facilitates both those things. You're comfortable because you're in a process and you're confident, uh, like all eyes on, on you, you're just following the process. So it removes the, your kind of internal critic and puts you in a position where you could come up with ideas. And I, I think it's interesting what you say is that, yeah, it could take 10, it could take 15. You can have to repeat that process all over again, but at least you have a tool, at least you have a function, you have something you can go at. Uh, and for the majority of people, I don't think people consider themselves as creative. And I see a lot of people create creative people saying that that's not true. When you get dressed, you're creative. When you cook, you're creative. When you interact with your children, you're creative. So I stand by that view. But I think what you've shared here is something I'd never heard of. And I'm really grateful for you sharing that structure with the audience. But we have to leave it there, unfortunately. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you about this process or your experience or, or, or the job at Epsilon, what? How can they do that? And what makes a really good outreach to you? Oh, sure. They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, they can also send me an email. My work email is svetla.pavlova at epsilon.com. Svetla, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tom. Hi. Just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the Shiny New Object Podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days, or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also, if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything. I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.